people who love them. Hello, this is the thing about cars coming to you as always from Atlanta, recording in Strongbox West. Uh, we have a really full house today. Uh, let's do quick introductions. Becca. Becca. Ronnie. Beth. And Katie. Katie it was one of our original participants that started off on this podcasting journey with us at the very, very beginning and joining us at the table today again after a while. What have you been up to? I've just been working, going to school. Yeah? Yeah. How's and school going? It, it's good. Um, I just got my finishing certification and finished those classes. Um, so automotive paint and all that. Automotive paint. Mm -hmm. So, are you you working in the car industry now? Uh, yes, I work for a used car company. Cool. Which one? Carvana. We, I mean, you know, we're not getting any promotional material. We can, I guess, we can talk about anybody. At this right. Point. I just, I can't say anything um, too much because okay. they're very iffy about uh, stuff like that. Okay. They don't like shameless plugs. Well, yeah. Okay. I, I, I mean, as long as I don't say anything negative. Exactly. No, I, yeah, we don't want to shame anybody at this point, but are you, are you liking it? Yes, I do like it. Cool. Yeah, it's probably one of my favorite jobs. Well, we, we need a sponsor, so me. can you help us get a sponsorship? <laughs> <laughs> also, don't judge me by the paint on my car. If you saw the parking lot, you know which one I'm talking about. Right. Yeah? <laughs> well, how does Carvana work? I mean, I think that would be one question that we could safely ask. Um, it's just uh, like what the whole... Um, inspections and all that stuff mm -hmm. it's just it goes to like you know the inspection part and then they send it off to whatever needs to be done and um then so, it goes to like a circ uh, uh like the first thing would be going to um actually to the paint department which i'm in and that's what i do is the auto prep and then um probably build and the uh, which helps with all that then the detail and then it goes to get the photos taken and then has the last checks and then goes to the and that's basically how it works sounds like a pretty standard car yeah. sales operation yeah um the only thing is, is that they the only difference is that because it's an online thing mm -hmm. they have two shifts so they have like i work the second shift which i work until like 3 30 4 30 a.m mm -hmm. so okay that's a long day uh, mm -hmm. yes yeah. yes it is but i like it and I don't I have my weekends so right. so on the board we have a number of topics you wrote up there the new C8 Corvette what about it um about their uh the that it was shown at the Nür Nür Nürburg <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to say that well I just looked this up it's been seen there but the model has not officially been announced yet Oh. Uh, right. There's some speculation that it may be officially shown uh, at the Detroit show next year, uh, where where you know if we see it in production, it'll be a 20 model. The Nurburg, the Nurburgring. Yes, yes. Germany. Yeah. It, it supposedly, it made a really smoking lap time. Uh, of course, prototypes and test mules have been seen out and about, but none of that guarantees that we're going to get this in showrooms. However, enough of it has been seen that we probably will. Although we should also mention they've been to toying with a mid-engine vet since the 60s. Uh -huh. But now it looks like it may finally come to fruition. Yeah. So, yeah, Katie was saying it was a mid-engine vehicle. What's it look like? Um, it Honestly, it looks like a Lamborghini, and I am not too fond of that. No? <laughs> no, I don't. you got this big smile on your face. And you I don't like, like Lamborghinis the way they look because they're just... To me, the way I explain it, they look like those door wedges that you hold the door open. Door open better off. Well, see, I, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I like them, but it, you know, what's what's the point? 
when you start looking like every other car, what's the point in having options being around? Yeah. Kind of thing. Be different. Stop, I agree with that. You know, well, stop looking like everybody else. I'm sure when it gets to the showroom, it's going to it's going to have the Corvette look about it. Of course, the cockpit will be more forward because there's an engine behind it. But I'm sure it will have those styling well, cues that kind of say Corvette. So let's let's talk about this for a second. It's it's become a mid-engine car. When's the last time a Corvette was a mid-engine car? Never. 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 <laughs> so why is the Corvette trying to become a mid-engine car? Why are they not just putting a nice stout engine up front like they always do? Be because um, that was Zora's dream. I actually ended up, t- uh, my uncle's uh, big into the car scene. Um, he mostly does British cars. Uh, and he posted something, and I actually happened to comment on the C8 Corvette, and somebody messaged me, and I kind of insulted the body style, and the guy works for Corvette on the C8 <laughs> Corvette. And that's what he said was just that um, they basically capped the limit of horsepower on what a normal Corvette is, so that's why they're doing the mid-engine to increase the horsepower. Hadn't they had a mid-engine concept in the past, though? Yeah, they've, yes. since the 60s, they've kind of toyed with it here and there. They've shown some prototypes that never, you know, quite made it, but uh, I think it's kind of an aspirational thing. You know, they, they want to keep moving up in the hierarchy of performance in the world, and there's a certain point where front engine just doesn't really cut that anymore. Well, I'm, and I'm not saying that a mid engine is bad, but it's like it's almost becoming formulaic to come up with a supercar yeah. that is that is flat, low to the ground, wedge shaped, and has a mid mounted engine in it. Um, you know, uh, well, there's a point of performance past which nothing else really works as well. True. Yeah, and that's that's what I was going to say. Uh, Physics involved, you know. Right. From a scientific perspective, which is what cars are moving towards more and more, uh, you don't get more performance-oriented than mid-engine, rear-wheel drive, uh, which is what the Corvette's going to. Uh, and as for the design in terms of why it's... I'm looking at uh, a concept right now. Uh, it does look very Ferrari-slash-Lamborghini-ish-slash-McLaren-ish because... For anyone that's ever worked on one of those cars, if you pop the hood after driving any mid-engine car, it is scorching under there. It is so extraordinarily hot that you need to be designed a certain way to keep everything cool enough to last more than 10,000 miles. I mean, part of the reason, if anyone has been in the scene of Ferraris and Lamborghinis, uh, it's not uncommon to hear about them catching on fire because fuel lines would erupt. Because it just got so darn hot in there. and There's no way for air to really escape or cool things down. I mean, yeah, you can do liquid cool, but air plays a big part of why front engine cars cool down. Uh, I see. Becca has a question. Well, not so much a question. Um, uh, when you were going scientific, I wasn't sure if you were going to go in this direction or not. Um, especially with American sports or muscle cars, things like that, one of their big issues have always been weight ratio. You know, we've got all this power coming out of the back, but all the weight is up the, up in the front. Looking at the mid-engine helps the ratio issue. Well, actually, it's not even so much the ratio because to be 50-50 over the axles is one thing. You can just add weight in. It's been pretty difficult for some of the cars. Mustang for a long time had a big issue with that ratio. Yeah, I, I kind of hate to say it, but if they just kind of got their heads out of their asses and, and just offered the hand hard bar from oh, the... Wait. <laughs> say that again, if, if Ford just kind of got their head out of their asses and kind of just did some mild geometric readjustments to the rear, 
and just did a few more component swaps to the rear, like they would have a better 50-50 ratio. But even that's only so much of the problem because the Mustang would have still handled like Dookie from the factory. <laughs> but, uh, Yay! <laughs> Mr. My Car Blows Up in 30,000 miles. <laughs> well, I never said I bought the new M3. <laughs> I am not an E90 uh, M3 fan. But right. it, it, a lot of it has to do with where the weight is. So if you yes. kind of think of a seesaw, you have a center point. If you have the weight all the way on one extreme end and you have another weight on the other extreme end, you can bounce the seesaw up and down very highly because of where your That's points of force are That's the ratio that I was talking about. Right. Yeah. But if you take both of those weights and you move it towards the center point of the seesaw, then, yes. it doesn't really go anywhere, which is a good thing for a car. You're centered, you're balanced. And the power is going over where the wheels are generating the power. So right. if you notice, or if you think about any car uh, it doing a quarter mile run, every car squats in the rear, right? Even if it's front wheel drive, the car has a tendency to lean back and then shoot forward. So if your power is being generated in the rear, all your weight is in the rear, and as you stomp on the throttle, all of that is helping squat in the rear. You're assisting the tires get more traction. And also, when you hit the brakes or you start to turn, the weight doesn't go all over the place because it's mainly center mass. And so instead of the seesaw flipping back and forth on a 50-50 car that has its weights very close to the edge, with it being in the center, the dips are a lot more practical and precise and the maneuverability increases substantially. That's why, I mean, gosh, any race you see out there, it's usually a mid-engine rear-wheel drive car that's kicking the crud out of everyone else. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not opposed to the notion that the, the Corvette should become a mid-engine car, although, again, it is sort of the formula because the formula works. We get that. Um, but I just looked at the, the, the spy shots. This, you know, that's the, what we're looking at over here, too. Shot, yeah. And, and the, my, first, my first knee-jerk reaction was, it's an NSX. Mm. It's, um, well, my reaction is it's not a Corvette. Uh, I mean, it's yeah. yeah, you can pick out a whole bunch of different names to call it yeah. that it's it's trying to go after. Well, there's been speculation, too, about will this be the only one or will it be a sideline to the regular front engine one? Because there will definitely be a price difference. <laughs> well, we're just yeah. looking pretty much at the styling, though, yeah. right now. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, the styling doesn't scream Corvette to me. Mm -hmm. and, you know, I'm no. the most novice of all you guys, so. Yeah, but I mean, even beyond that, I think with the C7 in general, I felt like Corvette saw a pretty substantial level of success with it because they stepped out of what they were doing in terms of their norm. Uh, it's, I mean, it's sure it's a Corvette still, but it's, it's fresh, it's unique, it, it's kind of more inspired. This one? The C7? Oh, okay. Sorry, I thought we were still on the. No, but I mean. Because that's the problem. If you step out of your norm and into somebody else's norm, you're not mm. doing anything unique or groundbreaking. You're just mm. following the other sheep. Well, I mean, that's so. the risk, right? That's always the risk. If you if you if you do the normal thing, you get criticized for it. If you do the abnormal thing, you get criticized for it. But so. you might have the next great thing, and yeah, everybody yeah. goes through it where they have a ton of failures, but eventually come across something groundbreaking, awesome, new, and the only way you're going to do that is to stop copying everybody else's style. Becca, you said you were the novice at the table, so that prompts me to ask, how is the Civic? 
The Civic, the Civic, the Civic. I love the Civic um, a lot. She can hear me, I'm sure of it. Um, so for those of you who haven't heard me talk about her for a while, uh, she's a 2000 Honda Civic, and I've done a lot of the maintenance myself or with uh, somewhat minimal help. I try to do as much as I can myself. Most recently, I replaced a passenger window after some D-bag broke my window overnight. Not cool. There was nothing Wait, in the I car. I didn't know about that one. I was worried about after the accident. Yeah, I Instagrammed actually. it. Uh, but <laughs> you'd have to be on Instagram more often, Becca. I know. I've been very out of <laughs> anyway, touch lately. So, yeah. So, I just replaced the passenger side window. But, um, but engine-wise, she's good. I'm just really, really busy and taking time to do a tune-up. Mm -hmm. is like, well, I've got 3,000 other things to do on my day off. I'm this close to just paying someone to do it. Sure. But then I feel bad because, like, I know how to do it. I actually have fun when I'm under the hood. Exactly. But, um, but I've also got lots of other obligations. But so my, my girl's at uh, 217 right now, 217,000 miles, and um, I definitely want to take her out as far as I can. But then I'm also wondering at what point do I start thinking about – getting another car. <laughs> I don't want to let her go yet, though. But see, I am very pro-collecting cars. cars. Yeah, but I'm pro-collecting shoes and clothes, so why can't I collect cars too, right? But, well, you can't. Yeah. There's nothing that says you can't, except yeah. for the insurance costs and the liability costs of keeping them both in your garage. But then you get multi-car discounts. I'm just saying. You have to be at five to get the multi-car discount. No, not, not with the company I'm with, at least. So really? it depends on what company, but yeah, as soon as you get two, you get multi-car with... Oh, I'm sorry. Nine. I'm thinking about when you can call it a fleet. No. Oh, yeah. Fleet I'm not yet. Although, so that's <laughs> interesting. I want you two more and I can call mine a fleet officially? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Goals. Becca's fleet. My goals. <laughs> which, which Becca? Let's have a fleet Kay together, Becca. Becca, um. <laughs> Kay Becca fleet. Um, so, so the question then becomes, if you get a second car, what are you going to get? Well, I love Tesla. Um, <laughs> I don't think I can afford Tesla, but yeah. I love Tesla. Any sugar daddies out there? Can I say that on air? Sure. Um, okay, cool. Are we allowed to shop for a sugar daddy for Becca on the podcast? If you'd like yes. to meet Becca, please email us at the thing about cars. I have a boyfriend. Thank you very much. Um, this one doesn't work on cars, but... Um, but uh, See, now we're going to get you in trouble with him. Sugar daddy is different than boyfriend. Yeah, sugar daddy is different than boyfriend. So... Um, Depends on how much money he makes. Sorry, I was hesitating. We might have to cut this out. Okay, so talking about Tesla, I read recently somewhere that uh, now that we have more data, Tesla cars in general are are rated very poorly in the reliability department. That they're. That, I'm gonna cry. Yeah. I also heard that Carvana um, sees lots of Teslas come in. Yeah, but, yes. um, I, I yeah, the, yeah. Um, and Alfa Romeo. <laughs> Really, um, the new yeah. ones? Uh, the uh, 2015 or 16. The Julias so, or the 4Cs? 4Cs. See, now, if you're talking so about what should I get, you guys? You, you guys all know wait, more wait, about uh, cars than me, and you, you've heard me talk about me working on cars. So so what's your guys' take here at the round table? One at a time, because we're, we're walking over each other a little bit here. Uh, all right. Well, wait. So we know how you feel about your Civic. I love her, okay. and she's easy to work on, well, which is important. And to that me. that was a big part of when I was looking for the third vehicle, and also long term reliable. I know Honda Civics and Toyota Corollas are supposed to be, mm -hmm. and Camrys really long term reliable. And well, the, so the, far, I'm feeling that with my girl. I just want to kind of be prepared, right? Mm -hmm. So, so we know what you like, though. The question is, 
do you want a car that is like your current car or do you want something that's different? And that's kind of what I did with the third one. I've got two girls that are rear wheel drive V8s about two inches off the ground. I couldn't deal with that. So anyway. many places I can't go. I can't go to river parks or off-roading or long, long haul trips. So it, I want something that is reliable for the long term and easy to maintain. But if I could have my dream car, Ferrari, Lambo, and Tesla would oh, have a reasonable. baby, and she'd be a beautiful electric, so, sexy sports car. Something sporty, <laughs> similar to like, something similar. So to I what think you've I want something now. sporty. All right, that's where on. I was going to get something similar to where you've got now, but sportier. Sorry, Mickey. So it. let's take one at a time here. Let's go around the table and let's each cast a really quick opinion on what Becca's next car should be. Let's start with Ben. Uh, Mazda Speed 3. Why? Why of course Mazda. he said Mazda. Because, well, because you've got the, the, the good Japanese engineering. You've got a little ability to haul stuff. I believe you're self-employed and work in multiple locations, right? I, I yeah. do go around town a little bit, but also I am in one static full-time location. It's fast without like being fast. just completely fast at the expense of all the other qualities. <laughs> I, I have fast, to. Fast, and more reliable than, say. control on the highway so I don't get tickets. Right. And more reliable than a VW GTI. Okay. That's not hard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know from experience. Katie. Well, I am also on the big on like reliability, and so I was gonna say like either a Honda or a Toyota. I mean, I'm like your average American guys, um, living you know sometimes paycheck to paycheck, very little if any savings. I mean, we can say this is the norm now here in America um, for you know 98 percent of people who live here. Mm -hmm. I think that um, so so I'm not like I don't know any different from a lot of our listeners. Um, and that's important to think about. You know, I can't necessarily take on a huge car payment. And also, I can't take on something that I would know would need to have expensive repairs when it would need repaired. Honda Accord or what? Uh, like a Toyota Corolla or... Yeah. Okay, so... That's what I looked for when I got when I got this one. So I've got the Honda Civic, you know, a Toyota Camry, a Corolla. Um, any like, of the other Hondas are all... Ones that I had looked at in the Hang past. On, wait your turn, Ronnie. Uh, I'm going to say I'm going to piggyback piggyback off of Ben and say uh, 2010 or newer Mazda three uh, five door non turbo uh, because turbos are extraordinarily difficult to maintain. Uh, they have a much higher failure rate. Uh, if the turbo fails, that's a lot of money. Yeah, I don't want to. Takes start. takes away a lot of the DIY element if you wanted to keep that up. Um, mm -hmm. You don't have to, but it's. It's fun and reasonable mm -hmm. uh, as an enthusiast, and the costs are resale along with initial pricing is very reasonable. Okay. Becca. But my question was, but you're not afraid of repairs, right, is what you were saying? Yeah, but I can't spend all my time on repairs because I am very busy. Um, so. so just balancing out age, I don't remember the last year they even made them. The one popping into my head is the Prelude. They last made them in 2001. Yeah. Because it's which in her wheelhouse, which is Honda. Yeah. And it's, it's, so it's under the Honda name as far as reliability and things like that. She's familiar with them, but it's sportier than the Civic. Interesting thought. Hmm. My choice, my recommendation would be Volvo V70, hmm. uh, the Volvo station wagon. You could get the R. Oh, no. No, station wagons make me think of roaches. Ever since I was a kid and we had a wood-paneled one when I was, like, five, I hated that thing. It looked like a giant roach on wheels. No station wagons. Love you, Mickey. Sorry. No, no. When you get a chance, look up look up the V70R. 
V7ER. No, V7T. V7ER. And it's uh, <laughs> pretty badass. You may change your mind about that. So it, it hauls. It, it, and it hauls a lot. <laughs> no, but there, I don't there need to haul that There's a newer one that I like better, not this one. Which one? What's uh, the newer the station? It's the, the two door. But with the hatch mm -hmm. area, do you know the um, one I'm talking about? You're talking a Volvo? Yes. Yeah. So the V60? Yeah, no, I still don't like it. See, if it's, it's not a ugly. name, I can't remember it. It's yeah. still know? ugly. Then, I mean, remember, my long-term um, rich husband goal would be, would be to have a sexy guy. sports car. This is about... C30. This is, uh, C30. I mean, I mean uh, a minivan would be sexier than... No. Yeah, wait, <laughs> hear me out. A minivan would be sexier than a station wagon because you can have in the back. Oh my god. Come on, man. It's I'm talking about wheels. sexy here. Wait a minute. A station wagon is not sexy. Wait, you can't in the back? You can. In a in a in, in a station one. wagon? Alright, stop. Barely. Yes. Katie. You're saying this is somebody who owns a Subaru station wagon and bought another one after I told it my first one. <laughs> so you love your Subaru station wagon, I yes. hear. Okay, well, all so right. sexy is all very subjective, right? I mean, yeah. All right. So they have to be older for yeah, sure. Exactly. And so just need to be more bendy. <laughs> just saying. All right, this episode is done. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey's putting the cats on this. Straight into the radar like, right. engine. Sorry, Sorry guys. So, so does this mean you're actually going to start looking for another car, or what's your what's your I, deadline or timeline? I don't know. I'm afraid to do it. It gives me anxiety because I love my car, and I think she's still good for a while. But also, I kind of feel like I need to play the adult and like be moderately prepared well, for. Look at it yeah. this way. Yes. You're not, and this is how I look at it with the Mustang who was the first of my current menagerie. Mm -hmm. Love her the most, but it is better for her in the long run to not have to do the daily. So don't mm -hmm. think of it as, you know, it's it's the path to getting rid of it or anything no. like that. That way you have time to do the repairs. You're not rushed to do them. You are not putting as many miles. You're doing what's best for her. See, I think it's funny that none of us are saying that Becca should not have an emotional attachment to her car. You yeah, should. I'm not going to get rid of her, I think. She's still she's still good. We're because in a very logical sense, I can imagine someone making a very good case for saying, don't have an emotional contact to the car. Uh -huh. yep. Get rid of it because it's going to cost you too much to keep it on the road. Then I don't like But I don't people. think she's going to cost me much to keep on the road. So, yeah. All right. And well, that there, is it. There is that line, right? I, I mean, there, there, that's the calculation I use. If I spend less on a car in repairs than I would spend on a car in payments and repairs, then I'm going to keep the older car. Yeah. But where's the I mean, line? like, my so. next repair is what? One of the motor mounts, the passenger side motor mount I need to replace. And the motor mount alone is going to cost me seven bucks. It's just a day of repair, so. And the problem is the repair, or what places would charge you? Well, no, no. I, I did the other one with uh, with my ex, and I'm no, going to I mean, do if it you're with not, if you're not doing the repairs. Oh, if you're not doing the repairs. Yeah. Yeah, true. But I will be doing it. So I think that's all we have time for for today. <laughs> if uh, if anyone out there knows how Becca can get a, a Tesla cheaply or a sugar daddy, please find us uh, on our yes. website, thethingaboutcars.com. Also, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash thethingaboutcars. Uh, any other quick housekeeping things before we sign off? Like and subscribe to our podcast, please, guys. Yes. Please and thank you. Katie, welcome back. Thank uh, you. Yes. Welcome. Um, that's it, you guys. Be safe out there. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. This has been The Thing About Cars. We'll see you on the road.